HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd. I'm uh, coming to you live from the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Greg Blaze, and today I'm lucky enough to have with me in the studio two excellent people. Um, first off, our co-producer, Emily Acosta, who is fresh off of a victory at the Cheesemonger Invitational 2014. She won the entire thing. Uh, Emily's always in the booth with us, but you rarely hear her, but you will be hearing from her today. And we also have with us my esteemed colleague, Jason Hines, who is the export manager and has been for some time of the Neal's Yard Dairy. Uh, he is also the proprietor and founder of the Essex Street Cheese Company and the Borough Market Cheese Company and uh, an amazing cheese professional who I've known over half of my life. Uh, welcome, Jason. Welcome, Emily. How are you guys today? Couldn't be finer. Fantastic. Doing great. <laughs> so we wanted to do... Um, a little discussion, but first I wanted to remind you uh, all that we're in the middle of our fund drive here at Heritage Radio. Um, our goal is to reach $30,000 worth of funding by July 14th, and uh, we need you to give, give, give to the radio station. Get it out, get it done. Um, I want to make sure that you guys know that. Um, Jason, um, you're in from London and a rare treat to see you. How you been? Um, I really couldn't be fine. It's great to see you. Uh, and I've had one of the best trips. I mean, I've been to this city maybe, I don't know, 60, 70 times. Um, but this last two, three days has been, you know, one of the best. Yeah, the weather's been good and there's been a lot going on. I mean, you are, are representing a couple of things simultaneously. That's uh, right. Your affiliation with the Neil's Yard Dairy, the premier distributor and, uh, and affiner, uh, cheese and matures of, a, of English cheeses in the UK. And uh, another company which you founded, uh, which we're going to get into, called the Essex Street Cheese Company. Yeah. So... For those of you who don't know, the Essex Street Cheese Company, founded in 2006, is a fantastic little company that specializes in only a few cheeses from Europe. Uh, Jason um, had this crazy idea that was um, born out of a relationship that he had with a cheesemonger in a, not a intimate relationship, but a, <laughs> a friendly relationship that he had with a cheesemonger in Paris who used to bring him uh, some wonderful stuff. 
And uh, we're going to talk about that. And uh, the impetus for this is uh, a great cheese that I've been really into over the last couple of years of my life. And it's uh, Comte, um, which a lot of Americans, I feel, weren't aware of for many years. But a guy like Jason and his company has brought it to the forefront. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how, what your, how your obsession with this crazy cheese from the Jura started. Well, um, it, it, it came about, as you just said, it started with the relationship that I had with um, a, a, a really a fantastic cheesemonger in Paris called Pascal Trotte that I sold British cheese to. And as my first customer, he also became a very good friend, and, and uh, I would visit him twice a year, and we'd just, you know, we'd, we'd chat and um, we'd taste cheese together. And uh, um, when I, it was always the last visit that I made before I got on the Eurostar and headed back to London. And before I left, I would load up with cheese. Why wouldn't you? Um, you're in the best cheese shop in Paris and you're just three hours from home. So I would always load up with, you know, the usual, you know, the, the usual suspects, um, Brink, Camembert, Roquefort, Roblechon, um, you know, these sorts of cheeses. And um, and after a couple of three, three or four visits, Pascal said to me, and this is in the mid to late 90s, he said, um, why don't you ever take, why don't you, you never show any interest in Conte? Um, uh, you know, it's the locomotive of, of my sales and it's my favorite cheese so um you know he he you know he imposed some on me and it was a it was a hallelujah moment a hallelujah moment. what is the conte what is it as an object so it's um you know it's a it's a gruyere style cheese that's what it looks like in terms of its format and its size um it's a hard-pressed mountain style cheese um uh uh those who are more familiar with Gruyere will know that it's quite a full-flavoured, um, sometimes sweet, salty cow's milk cheese with a really creamy, um, pliable texture. Um, the older cheeses will be harder and, and uh, with more crystals in them. Um, but I think that the difference between the two um, is pretty straightforward. Um, while they're made in the same region and they're divided by the, the, the Franco-Swiss border, the, the, uh, that there is so ostensibly the Gruyere and the Contes are very similar recipes. Um, on the Swiss side, there's much there's, they're saltier, they're, they're they're saltier and meatier. Um, whereas the Conte is a more gentle, um, slightly more refined, more honeyed um, uh, character. And I like to think of them really as you know the Swiss Gruyere cheeses are a much more robust, in-your-face, masculine, macho cheese. They're male. <laughs> they're male. And the, and the Conte is the female of a species, a delicate, um, refined, um, um, uh, uh, and, and just with length, uh, poise. And, and so um, familiar with Gruyere as I was, not a huge fan of it. I enjoyed it. I found something in Conte that really, really took me Well, your back. company, the Niels Yard Dairy, scours the, 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 the UK and, uh, and finds cheeses of all manner, shape and size of all yeah. make. But... Yeah. Um, at, there's not a lot of nothing, cheese made like that. There's nothing like that really nothing. made in the UK. No. So was that why you? What, when you say well, it was a hallelujah moment, it was a hallelujah moment because uh, I, I um, you know, I, I hadn't, re- I wasn't really that familiar with a cheese of that type and quality. I hadn't had it before because my radar for that was fairly, you know, was it was fairly dimmed. But but also it was a sublimely well made cheese, um, and uh, and also it's just a cheese I couldn't stop eating. Um, why so, is that? Well. It, it, you know, it's, I think it's one of those very rare cheeses that has, you know, it has a really incredible mass appeal. There's no one that you give it to to taste that 
that that that re- rejects it. You know, uh, nearly any other cheese, whether it's a washed rind cheese or a blue cheese, even some sharp, you know, a cheddar which is acidic. Some people like, some people don't. You know, you're always going to have factions who don't really care for it. But I, I discovered, I thought that I discovered in this cheese, and it, it made me think. I thought more about. Pascal's statement of this being the locomotive, the engine room of his of his business, um, and I understood why because it's a profile of taste that I couldn't see anyone from a small child to an old person to someone who had eaten a lot of cheese like me uh, that would anybody that would reject that style. Yeah, it's tough to judge it poorly if it's made well yeah. on any palate, and the people the very refined palate, people who like. Uh, extremely strong flavors. They just can't seem to to get it yeah. out of their heads. Yeah. And obviously, neither could you because no. it born out of you. Um, not maybe an obsession is a strong word, but a need to get more of that. No, no, it, it, I was become fairly obsessed with it because <laughs> um, soon after that, they decide they they you know they, every subsequent trip I made to Paris, I I, I, I dispense with any other. The acquisition of any other cheeses and just load so it no up. No more Reblochons, no more Roquefort. There was just, no room in the bag no, left for just anything. Key, but a I would just return with kilos of Conte. That was <laughs> it. Um, so then they said, "Well, look, you know, you've, you know, you've seen the light. Let's take you, um, um, let, let's take you to heaven." And so we we packed our bags and we went to the this stone fortress where sixty five thousand wheels of these cheeses were aging, old 19, late nineteenth century stone garrison. And, um, Where is that located? Uh, it's in the it's in the Jura Mountains, quite high up east east part of the Jura Mountains, about three kilometres from the Swiss border, about an hour and a bit north of Geneva. Um, so we went there, um, and uh, you know it was it was mind blowing. I really felt like I'd come to the source. You know, it was like for me, it felt like I was at the wellspring of cheese. Really, that's what it felt like. How Even, so? Uh, well, ju- just because there was so there was so much of it. Um, it was such a perfect environment for it. it. It felt because it did feel like you you were you felt like you're underground. You're actually under seven meters of earth in a stone building, um, but you know you you felt that you were really in the earth. Um, so you know the source. It, it really physically felt like you're at the source, sure. and there were, and and that this source had. Um, just yielded these thousands of cheeses that had just landed on shelves in this great big stone garrison. It felt amazing. So, um, but I at that time I was you know uh, I pretty long hair. I think I was probably wearing an ACDC t-shirt, <laughs> and, and I, I I didn't look like a stereotypical cheesemonger. Well, you'd would now. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, you know, the Jura people—they're wonderful people—and I go there I go there every month and select cheese to this day. So I've been there whatever a hundred times now. Um, uh, but at that time, they hadn't didn't get so many visitors from abroad, and, and uh, they treated me with the sort of suspicion and derision I think they felt I deserved. And um, you know, uh, so you went to the fortress to start buying just entire no, wheels for no, personal I, use. I went to the fortress just as an invite of Pascal. Ah, I get you. And but 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 uh, so I was just there. I was a tourist. I I, you know, I should have been somebody that was just a visitor that you'd imagine they would op- you know they would welcome as a visitor of one of their best customers. Sure. Um, but no, 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 I was given the third degree before I was allowed to cross the threshold into this stone fortress because I was, I didn't look like a cheat, you know, I was English, number one. I had pretty long hair, and I looked nothing like their sort of vision of what a cheesemonger should look like. Right. Um, so my credentials were sorely tested. Uh, you know, there was lots of discussions on the threshold about, you know, um, British farming practices, um, raw milk, um, silage and the use of silage in, in the production of milk 
you know, so it was half an hour before I was even allowed in the building. And then wow. what, once I was in the building, and this was the the, the, the head of the, the the chef de cave, the the, the head the head cheese mature Claude, who's now become a great friend. Um, he was the guy that was treating me with his deep suspicion, and so um, uh, finally I was allowed in. But uh, as we went to go through and start tasting the cheeses, um, you know, normally we taste the cheeses and he tastes it first and then it goes around and you get bit will come to you and everyone will have an opinion about how the cheese tastes. But he turned to me first and said, what do you taste? Which is pretty intimidating. I'd never been there before. I didn't know this cheese. And there all of a sudden he's putting me on the spot. Sure. Wicked. See how good you were. It was wicked. I mean, it, you know, it was unfair. So it pretty. I mean, it, it, it raised my hackles, I'll have to, I'll have to confess. And well, you're a cheese professional. I mean, you were running... Uh the Neil's Yard Dairy. I mean, yeah, well, no, I, oh, you I think I mess su- with you. I think I surprised him, and in the end, I passed the test, but not before my hackles had been raised. Sure. And I was just going there to visit, with the view that we would then go back to Paris later that afternoon, and then I'd go home. But I was sufficiently vexed that I thought, right, I'm going to buy. 50 wheels of cheese I didn't have any <laughs> mo- show up. I didn't have any money for it i uh, just not recently gone through a divorce so I was skint um, and um, you know I had nowhere to sell this cheese you know I can't sell it at Neil's Yard Dairy we sell British cheese so um, so uh, anyway uh, I just wanted to stick one up Claude so I thought right, sure. I'm going to buy 50 wheels of this cheese makes it, a lot of sense it was June I want 50 wheels that's what I want deliver it in December beginning of and so um, I didn't think anything more about it until sort of middle of November when the the it Some was cheese showed up imminence of this cheese showing up uh, i had to quickly scamper to borrow five grand and then um uh you know work out how on earth i was going to sell this cheese sure. um i managed it we we sold it on the borough market we've we sort of did we fly pitched on a butcher's stand which caused a lot of um uh, consternation amongst the other traders because you weren't supposed to be able to fly pitch like that and you're talking about piggybacking so you, you yeah. sort of uh, w- yeah. rented a little space at the butcher's stand and said i'm going to sell my cheese he said space. he no he said well why don't you just you sell it on my stand um but that's completely against the protocol of yeah. trading on borough market and it was it was the people took a dim view of it and the borough market is a is a an amazing outdoor market it underneath is. london bridge yeah. and uh one that your company in fact uh, helped to revitalize That's right. over the yeah. years so yeah yeah you pulled rank a little bit to get uh, uh to get I, well i'd like to think that i didn't perhaps i did <laughs> either way i had to get this stuff sold. yeah of course you it mean. needed selling and uh, and lo and behold um you know we actually sold it before christmas and i had to order some more so what's what just what ended up just being a purchase that was that was made in a fit of peak, uh, I thought, my word, there's a business here. That's fantastic. Mm. And um, and from that was born, not the Essex Street Cheese Company, but the Borough Market Cheese yeah, Company. Yeah, but the Borough Cheese Company Borough is, cheese the, is, company. The, is the UK entity. And, um, and then not too long after we started that, you know, the vision was to have a company that sold one cheese and one cheese only because the cheese is so good. And if you go and select and get the best stuff... You have a viable business just selling one cheese. For me, that was the that was my image of the of the of the of the of the perfect cheese retail business. Um, so we built piles of cheese that stood, uh, you know, six feet high, the height of a man, um, uh, with probably I don't know third of a ton of cheese on the display, all on one table. Wow. Visually, huge impact. Um, and you know, before long, we you know we were we found ourselves in a situation where we had this display, this stand of cheese. As I say, six foot high, um, could be seen from lots of you know a great distance um, sure. with a diamond formation of people. That's four people selling it. 
The diamond uh, formation. The What's di- that for now? So the diamond formation was one in the crowd tasting out small pieces of cheese, two people selling, and one person behind them cutting. So sounds a lot like a soccer football uh, setup. Uh, that's the yeah. I think that the term has been. I borrowed it from football, but, <laughs> but, um, but it was a, it was a formation that allowed us to sell in seven hours about uh, four hundred fifty pounds of cheese. That's amazing. Of one type. Yeah. And then, and uh, I worked. I worked with you, you did. in that market. It you was did. Uh, it was quite a thing to pull a sled with a half a ton of uh, Conte across <laughs> yeah. the frozen tundra of London, <laughs> and uh, you know, got off a plane about four hours before then, and just uh, just slung that out. But it was it was amazing to do. And uh, out of that vision, mm. um, something I find really interesting, and I hope you can expound on. I discovered personally. Uh, the cheese uh, Conte, because yep. as an American cheesemonger, that had been in my scope, um, and even cheeses from the fortress that you mentioned mm. were available in very, very limited mm. quality, mm. Uh, quantity, mm. rather, the quality was always high, but uh, Swiss Gruyere had dominated the yeah. market, that yeah. was what you got, Absolutely. Uh, the dairies were industrial, they pumped out a lot of cheese, yeah. but uh, this uh, Conte thing was much different, yeah. and um, I found a kind of magic in selling it, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, joined forces with you and uh, our friend uh, Daphne Zeppos Mm -hmm. and uh, joined up with you in the Essex Street Cheese Company. And uh, I was wondering maybe if you could tell me what the Essex Street Cheese Company was all about so, its origin. So, um, well, I took Daphne, who uh, was a dear friend I'd known since the mid-90s, to visit on one of these visits to go and select cheese for the Borough Cheese Company. She joined me and she was just blown away by it. She couldn't believe it. It, it was the cheese of her, her dreams and, and, and uh, it, you know, the idea of doing the, the purity, I think, of the business that we had is something that really spoke to her. Um, and so um, she said, right, well, as soon as we came back from the trip, we were back in London. She said, I want to do something like this in America. And I said, no, I don't. I, well, and she insisted that she wanted to do it with me. She would only do it with me. But uh, I said, I, I can't. I haven't got time for it. Sorry, I'm, you know, too much going on and... A young family, uh, it's, you know, to, to, it's just, there's a lot happening. We haven't got time for it. But she was like a dog with a bone, and um, every sort a of quarter, lady. every quarter or so, um, you know, we'd we'd we would, we'd hook up because I'd be in America fairly frequently, and and the conversation would be had again. And and short, uh, after about two years, uh, she broke me down and said, um, uh, well, broke me down, and I I agreed um, that to set up a company with her, a wholesale company. Uh, and we started thinking about, um, you know, how we're going to structure that company. Um, the, 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 the name came up. I, so having agreed, we started thinking about what we're going to call it. Um, and I, I uh, on my regular trips to New York, would always go to the Lower East Side. This is quite a while ago now. This is about, you know, 10 plus years ago. Sure. To buy sneakers um, in, in, um, <laughs> in, in this incredible sneaker shop, which um, is just behind the Essex market. Um, and uh, it's a strange, you know, they fell through a doorway into this run. You kind of you, you press the buzzer um, <laughs> and uh, this door opened and then uh, you would walk in and come out the back into a room where there was these sort of oak paneled, uh, oak paneled um, uh, shelving units with with sneakers in that you would never have seen another sneaker shop. So I'd always go there. And after <laughs> one quite legal after one such <laughs> visit. Uh, I stumbled into the Essex Street Market, and I thought, "Wow, this is an incredible place." Um, and I, I've, I went and f- uh, found the market manager, um, and we'd really been struggling with the name. And, and while the intention was not, was not Daphne's, and my intention was not to start a retail company, it was to do a wholesale company. I thought, "Well, you know, um, 
uh, perhaps we could do a bit of retail. Um, uh, and, and, and if we did, uh, you know, we could do it here. Because um, having met the market manager, there was a space. It was a small space. The rent was you know, cheap. incomprehensibly <laughs> cheap. And um, so I thought maybe this is doable. So, so that, um, you know, th- that, 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 the, that purchase of a pair of sneakers, uh, you know, ended, ended, ended up create, giving us the name of the company. But you mentioned that, uh, that Daphne um, found a kind of magic in the business model and a purity. But I, and I understand that because I, you're a businessman and a very good one. Mm. But the magic to me is in the cheese, mm. right? So yeah. you were drawn there by, uh, you know, the, you know, the Essex Street Cheese Company is a much different place now, a yeah. different business now. Mm. You have uh, four four types of cheese. Correct. But it started with uh, Conte and, uh, and uh, her, you know, her vision and combined with yours, so mm. she made you realize yours. Uh, why was the cheese? Why was what was the purity of that cheese? Like, what did uh, the Conte represent to you both? And what did you find that it represented uh, you know, to the world at large around it, where it was where it was made. Uh, well, for for me, for me, it, it was the complete. Uh, uh, you know, there's it was a desert island cheese. Probably two or three cheeses. A that desert I would, island cheese that I would, call, I would classify as desert island cheeses. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's a for me, it's a complete cheese. There's there, there's I can't really with the perfect Conte. There's no flaw in it. Like I said, it's 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 a cheese for. There's almost no type of person that would not want it. So co- so commercially speaking. That's what you want in any, any in any product that you might be selling, sure. something that everyone wants. Um, but then it's just the, it's the complexity and the sophistication and the range of flavour. That's I think that what's it's that that excited me and excited Daphne the most. How much range you have within you know within um, you know that fortress, which has got say f- the cheeses of fifteen producers, but you go through um, you know a whole range from that one producer in that one month, and you go through a myriad of different flavors, all of them really interesting. Sure. But but it, uh, it's 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 such a broad range that I hadn't come across um, you, you know um, when tasting um, some of the cheeses that I select for Neil's Yard Dairy. So it, it it was it was that complexity and range that for me was the most um, that was the most seducing thing of all, and for sure that was what seduced Daphne. There's no question about it. I always think uh, when I taste cheese, and something I always mention and talk about with cheesemongers is uh, is the sensory experience and uh, and memory, mm. uh, locked in memory. So when I've eaten the, the Conte, I'm always transported, mm. and uh, I mean that's just how I live my life. Mm. Um, do you find that to be true when you say you're speaking in technical terms mm. about flavor, which is fantastic, and uh, you know you're going in, into a, a, a place where um, cheeses are graded on a technical mm. level? Yeah. But did the Conte uh, transport you or give you? Do you do you believe in that sort of thing? Oh, totally. Um, I mean, I'm 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 uh, in this particular instance. I'm it, it's it's special again because whenever we go and interact with the cheese. We're not just interacting with the cheese. We're in, we we go to you know Dominic, a business partner in the, the Borough Cheese Company. And I go to the fort and select the cheese once a month. So we you know we are physically displaced into uh, this beautiful countryside. So I am literally transported into this incredible countryside, Montbelliard cows with their bells dinging. Um, uh, then then you arrive, you know. Uh, literally at the moat of this castle uh, that's amazing where the cheese is living um and uh and then you go into it and you're surrounded like i said it's like this sort of this the wellspring of cheese um 
Uh, and after a lot of tasting of cheese, an hour or two hours of tasting of cheese, we then have with the guys from the region who are long friend, you know, now long-standing friends sure. of mine. Uh, we have Jura wine, we have saucisses de Mordor, we have all these products. I've been in the fortress, and they yeah. make you eat a massive amount of cheese in There's that place. F- well, the thing is, you know, the irony is, you you eat all this cheese, and you sit down, and what do you have? Fondue. Yeah, sweet. I mean, that suits me just fine. For some people, it might be a bit much. but um, So, yeah, so we are literally transported into this area, into this region, into these mountains, into this terroir, into this taste, yeah. uh, with the wine that is some of my favorite wine in the world, the wines from the Jura, the slightly uh, the, oxidized wines. Uh, no, Chardonnay, wines. that's from there. Uh, slightly, uh, yeah, yeah, oh exactly. God, that's these so slightly good. oxidized wines, um, which, which, you know, with a cheese that's as rich and creamy as Conte is, um, the beauty of these wines is that they have, because of the oxidization, this wonderful cut um, and all the food they eat up there, you know, um, is so rich. Um, you know, half the year, a lot of mushrooms up there. There's too, a lot. Of, there's a lot. Of, they eat a lot of potatoes. They eat a lot of cream. They eat a lot of sausage. They eat a lot of cheese. You know, you don't see anything green until March, um, and then the, and then when you do, it's not it's not it's not salad. It's a frog. That's the frog season, which happens in March for three weeks. Um, so you don't see really any salad until May. And so it's as well that you've got this wine with the cut in it because it cuts through the richness of all this yeah, food that they eat. Uh, well, Jason, um, thank you so much. We're going to have to take a short break, yeah. uh, but we're going to come back and talk more with Jason Hines and Emily Acosta about uh, Conte and about some other things. Thanks so much. Hey, I'm Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene. Do you love us? Do you really? Do you count on us for real food news and content? Well, we need your help. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a nonprofit organization, which means we depend on underwriting, grants, and the support of members like you to keep broadcasting. Help keep our voice alive. Visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org and click the Donate button today. We promise to never stop in our mission to create a world that's more sustainable, equitable, and delicious by expanding the way eaters think about food. Thanks for listening, and thanks for showing your support. Hello, do- Hello, do-it-yourselfer. Ever thought about gardening? If you can build that window box, you can build a raised bed in your backyard. Bonnie Veggie and Herb Plants in Raised Beds make a fast weekend project with a big payback. Fresh, grow them yourself tomatoes and peppers, kale, basil and thyme, and so much more. Bonnie plants are healthy and strong and help jumpstart your garden. So get growing. Plans and how-tos at bonnieplants.com. This is Brooks Headley, the pastry chef at Del Posto in Manhattan, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network. Hello, and welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm here again with Jason Hines of the Essex Street Cheese Company and Emily Acosta of Italy and uh, Cutting the Curd. Um, we're just talking with Jason about um, the origins of his company, uh, the Essex Street Cheese Company, born out of um, the cheese uh, Conte and uh, sort of the effect that it has on him or had on him and uh, why it's this locomotive of his sales, but also I feel like a uh, a perfect food product because it's making you talk about other things like wine and uh, and uh, the flora of the region, the people that you met there, and I I think that that's a great thing about cheese for me and for you, um, is that you can be 
physically transported to the places where you get it, mm. but it also uh, takes you to other places while you eat it, and it pulls other parts of mm. the the territory in or the terroir in. Mm. Uh, there's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and it's uh, cultural terroir. Mm. And uh, as a, a person who's visited the Jura, um, I feel that the Conte is the cultural terroir. I mean, would I be out of line? Not at all, no, no. And why is that? Maybe you could speak to, to that or speak of that to us. The cultural terroir of the Jura. Yeah. yeah. The well, Conte as the link. Well, yeah, the, I mean, there's few, there's, few, there's few cheese regions that you'll visit where, where the cheese is such a central part of the culture, um, you know, uh, and, of the, and of the economy. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, whole villages... Uh, the, the center point in many of the villages in the areas in the in the in the in the Jura in the Jura region in well it's not just the Jura there's there's uh, actually three uh, departements departments states if you like um, that um, that compose the Franche Comté uh, and Comté is made in all of those um, so you've got a couple of hundred um, facilities that make this cheese um, and in and and in many of them uh, apart from the very large ones um, they're they're made in small villages uh, in in, in, in creameries that feature right in the middle of the village, um, and so it's at the heart of it. It's the heart of hundreds of villages in the Jura is the creamery where, which is co-owned by um, the dairy farmers that are that own the farms that are around that village. So it's really agrarian society. It really is, yeah. and 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 uh, so these dairy farmers they bring their milk twice twice a day to the creamery, and they all get together. It's a meeting point twice a week. They would bring their milk. Sorry, twice a day they would bring their milk to the creamery, so it's a, it's a, it's a central point, a central meeting point in the village, um, and uh, it's what drives the, the 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 economy of the village um, to this day. And it's but it's not just the cheese, um, you know. Uh, aside from that, all the you know, it's a it's a big it's a big producing area for spruce. Why? Because spruce is what the boards are made out, made out of that the Conte goes into. Right. So, you know, even for the dairy, when we were doing, uh, build, building out, uh, you know... With the Neil's Yard Dairy. Neil's Yard Dairy, we're building, we bought all our wood boards from there because they're the best boards because these guys know about making boards. I mean, that's a topical situation. It's a topical, it's topical right now, sure. wooden boards. Absolutely. But wood these, is good. These guys, these guys in the Jura, that's what, that's, what, that's what they know about it. They've been, they've been making boards to sit cheese on for hundreds of years. That's fantastic. And so... You know the very fabric of the of the of the region um, is about cheese. You know the trees that are growing are many of them destined to be turned into cheese boards. Um, uh, and, as, and of course, as outside of you know outside of the physical infrastructure that goes into the to the cheese, there's there's you know there's there's all the pasture, um, and, and and particularly in these summer months that we're in now, when you go up into the higher pasture and the areas that um, that the most of the Marcel Petit uh, um, creameries are based uh, are higher higher pasture than most of the other maturers that also sell Conte because it's not just Marcel there's two Petit. fortresses that, that do this in this region the fortress Rus yeah correct and the, and the Marcel Petit yeah. and I've always been told that the, the Rus takes a lot of the cheeses from the valley much and, and the Marcel Petit takes the mountain cheeses broadly speaking that's correct in a very broad yeah. way yeah and, and what that and what what that means in terms of terroir in terms of complexity of, of milk for making cheese is in those summer months which is when the when the majority of the milk is is available um, the the uh, the cows are on this pasture, and the higher you go, um, the the cooler it is. Uh, there's still lots of sunshine, but you get a much much broader mix 
of, of wild grasses and flowers. Sure. So at the kind of altitude that the, 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 the petite producers are making, the cows are grazing at, say, between 700 and 900 metres, whereas a lot of the others uh, will be, be grazing lower than 600. So in the summer months, it's, it's more grass. Yeah. Um, if it's hot, it's more like hay. Sure. Um, whereas in the higher pastures, you, you might have, you know, up to a hundred different varieties of, of, of wild grass and flower in this milk, which is giving you a, a milk of incredible complexity, yeah. which makes for a cheese that, and that's what makes the cheese special. That's what gives it its range of flavor, is the, is the quality and, and, and range of flavor in the milk. You can't make great cheese out of bad milk. And that's why I, I would say that's probably what drew you in. Uh, was that you know it's it's well it, it, uh, I, I mean i love i love um i love cheese i love people and yeah. and, I, and i love i love that region um because they're a very you know uh, although my first you know although uh, as a hirsute uh, mid 30 year old wearing an acdc t-shirt <laughs> uh they i was treated with a certain amount of suspicion probably quite rightly so now many of the, the you know the people of this region i'm i'm you know incredibly close to and very fond of I find that's a, I mean, I love that and uh, just what you've been speaking about with the region and how you discovered it is one of the best things for me about cheesemongery or being a part of the cheese industry is that is when you're able to go to these areas mm. that you know are out there, but you, you sort of discover them for yourselves mm. and you see you find this wellspring of cheese and this culture that revolves around it almost like untouched by yeah. like sometimes horrible industrial nature of our mm. world and uh you get this chance to to preserve it, mm. you know, or to, to or just to be a part of it, Mm-mm. you know. And I find that for me, like that's that's the most amazing thing, yeah, yeah. you know. Definitely. And I, and um, for my part, your company, um, all of the cheeses that you sell and the people that mm. proffer them, mm. I feel are all born out of that. And that was really really what I wanted to get down to is to- talking to you. Yeah. Was uh, was that? And I and I think that's one of the one of the things that makes the Essex Street Cheese Company a fairly unique company in that, you know, we, we you know it, we celebrate the the you know the cheeses that we think are you know best in class, and we as you say we only have four, but um, uh, we, we don't celebrate the cheese with just the cheese themselves, but we're also we're also working in partnership with individuals with real people that are as you know that we're presenting as much as we're presenting the cheese because um, they are the voice of not just the cheese but the area that they're coming from and when they come to the states they're talking about you know where they're from what their habits are why this cheese is special why they're why they're so passionate about this cheese their their country their region their wine their food um, in a way that we I can't I can communicate and you know I can communicate that passion for the cheeses from the United Kingdom because that's where I'm from and that's what sure. I know uh, and I can sympathise with you know the the uh, the, uh, the qualities uh, of, of of Conte because I'm very I'm a big fan of it. But I can't I can't speak with quite the same passion about that as say Philippe can, nor can I Philippe Gou. Yes, nor can I speak with the same passion about the Gouda as say Betty, who's Betty who's, Coster and yeah. Martin Coster are part of the Essex Street Cheese Company. Yeah. Um, they sell uh, La Muse Gouda and they have two cheese shops in Amsterdam. And they're yeah. delightful people. They do mm. a whole. A ten-hour show, yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then uh, Philippe Gu is the is the sales and marketing yeah. director for the Fortress of San Antoine. Yeah. Um, then there is uh, Giorgio Cravero, yeah. a Parmigiano Maven, and a yeah. selector, yeah. and then a Manchego producer. Correct. His name uh, Jose Luis Martin. And yeah. uh, so these guys have gone to uh, 
these have they took a four square these sort of four uh, four corners mm. and uh, gotten these iconic cheeses uh, Parmigiano and Conte and Gouda and Manchego and and, uh, and, the, and the vision the vision for that was um, in a way inspired by the simplicity of, and purity of the vision that we had for the 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 you know, the, um, the Borough Cheese Company just doing a retail operation around one cheese. I spoke a lot to Daphne about my vision for a, the perfect wholesale company, which is a wholesale company that actually doesn't have a great big catalogue with pages and pages and pages of entries, but just one page of six to ten cheeses. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I was happy to be a part of it uh, when I worked with you guys. Yeah. I worked in that market, in the Essex market with Jason, and uh, sold a lot less wheels of Conte than I sold in the borough market, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, an amazing experience, and uh, and I got to work with uh, one of my best friends, uh, Daphne Zeppos, um, when uh, when she was around, and that, that was a special time uh, for me, um, and I think I saw your uh, your vision, as I always yeah. have. You're, a, you're that kind of guy, you know. Um, so anybody who uh, has a chance to do business where they learn about the Essex Street Cheese Company, uh, I really, really encourage you to to get involved in that. If you want to learn about cheese um, and also eat some of the best cheese in the world, you've got to hook up with these guys. Mm. Um, I was wondering if you minded uh, just for a little bit, Jason, because um, uh, last night um, Jason is in town for the Fancy Food Show in New York City and also for uh, a great competition uh, revolving around cheese that takes place in Long Island City. It's called the Cheesemonger Invitational. And um, uh, our co-producer here, Emily Acosta, who says very little but does quite a lot, uh, was the winner of this competition last uh, last evening. So we wanted to congratulate you, Emily. Congratulations. Oh, uh, gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> you're, st- you're still in, you're still in shock. I'm still a little bit in shock. I'm, yeah. s- I'm just so excited. I, th- this is... Such a dream, such a dream. Emily's really. a fantastic cheesemonger, and uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, I plan to have Jason in here, and uh, Jason, uh, the Essex uh, uh, Street Cheese Company sponsors as uh, one of the sponsors right. of the CMI. And I said to Jason, "You got to meet this person. She's a great cheesemonger." And he, you know, meet Jason. He's like, "All right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out." But then, somewhere during this competition, uh, he was struck, um, uh, knowing that. We had the we had the winner in and amongst us, and I was wondering if you'd expound on that because it was really cool. Well, I th- yeah, I th- I think that um, you know we out out of uh, you know out of I mean the Larkin is for those who haven't been there is this you know it's 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 a real building. Um, it's a like, warehouse. It's I mean, a it's real <laughs> building. Um, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of you know real cheesemongers, a lot of tattoos, and there's a lot there's there's a lot of dedication to cheese, and then. In out in a, in all of that, there was this sort of this apparition emerged uh, as Greg in, introduced me to you, Emily, and uh, uh, I thought, mm, this is this is this is this is something different. Um, and and then as the as the you know as the um, the disciplines wore on, it was it was clear that it, the you, tests the yeah. tests yeah um, that it was more than just an apparition. There was a really really um, a really really uh, a really sophisticated cheesemonger. Here and um, you know you you just you know you you seem to be progressing better and better and better through the conversation through the competition, and then there was the presentation of a cheese. Yes. And and uh, you just you captured you captured 
everyone's attention in that in that there was a lot of people in there by that point there was a goodly amount of folks well there was i know there was 750 tickets or something like that there's got to be in the region of a thousand people in the room at the point that emily takes the mic <laughs> my palms are sweating just sings, remembering and thinking sings, about it sings her appreciation of her favorite cheese and their whole place was arrested <laughs> even even adam was speechless adam moskowitz is the you know the man, of, the man behind the, Mr. Moo. Yeah, Mr. Moo. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> the the owner of Larkin and the, uh, the you know, founder uh, of the competition. Yeah. It's Adam's vision for the competition and, and what an amazing competition it is. And, uh, but even, even he, I think, was, was caught out and was speechless by your, um, by your you know, by, by the sweet voice. sound of your voice. <laughs> and from that point on, it was, it was, for me, it was in the bag. Oh, that's so great. Absolutely in the bag. So nice of you to say. I know I, I don't know where the courage came from to <sighs> sing a cheese song, but I, I sing cheese songs behind the counter all the time. So um, perhaps sometimes to the annoyance of my coworkers, but never. <laughs> well, what's a, what's impressive um, uh, to me? I mean, and I work with you is that yeah, you you did that. You stood out amongst the competition. You won the competition, and congratulations. But the fundamentals of that competition are cutting cheese and wrapping cheese, and keeping your station clean and selling cheese mm. to people. And you can't how much it. do you know? You mm. can't fake your way mm. through that. And you're up there with the best, and uh, you emerged victorious among those people. Um, and I think you were people that a person that people maybe didn't. Maybe didn't expect to. Uh, maybe didn't expect to do that, but you like, shocked them. It's like Costa Rica winning the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's, it's gosh, such an honor. Um, I know it's my first time entering the competition, and there were so many talented people and um, that I got to meet, and I'm I'm just really excited to have met so many people. It was it was just such a great weekend. Well, Emily, we're happy to have you here with us in the booth, and uh, we're happy to have you, you know, amongst our, like, crazy band of cheesemongers. You're in now. You're in for <laughs> life. You get a tattoo on you that says cheese I, for life. I we're do. Hold it's you still, still on. <laughs> so um, I want to say thanks to, uh, to Jason uh, for coming out, um, one of my favorite people, and talking to us about Conte. Well, thank and you so much for inviting me, Greg. You're the best. Come by anytime you're in town. Yeah, we'll do. And uh, I want to say thanks again to Emily, who's always here, and congratulations again. And uh, we'll stay tuned uh, to cut the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Have a good afternoon. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.